Some of you may uh, remember back in March uh, when I interviewed Joel around the whole subject of giving and wealth creation and finance and generosity. And uh, it was a fantastic morning uh, just really hearing what's in this man's heart and uh, what God's taught him over many years. And uh, as soon as we finished that morning, uh, you know, I was chatting with Joel and saying, you know, what a great job he'd done. He said, there's more I want to say, there's more I want to tell. Uh, there's more stories and uh, other things that he wanted to share. So we thought it'd be great to do uh, build on what Joel had shared last time um, and also do something in the evening because Joel shared in the morning last time. Uh, but we wanted to make sure that everyone uh, got to hear uh, what he's carrying and what's on his heart. Uh, just to say... Um, the, the podcast from last time is on the website, so that was on the 25th of March. So if you weren't around for that, if you haven't heard it, then I'd really encourage you to look that up and uh, find it. Pete, at the end of that message, uh, stood up and said uh, with tears in his eyes that th- that was the greatest uh, message on giving uh, and generosity that he'd ever heard. Um, and uh, I think that um, you know, says it all, really. So I'd really encourage that you go uh, and look that up and uh, dig into that. Because what we're going to do this evening is we're going we're gonna to start from where we left off uh, on that evening. And we're going to build, build upon that. Um, and I'll be inviting uh, Joel to share more stories. Uh, one of the things just to say on the back of uh, last time, uh, we did uh, take an offering that day actually for our annex uh, that's now being built. Um, and... Uh, raised over £70,000 on that one occasion uh, towards uh, the Annex Fund, which was amazing. And uh, it's been great just hearing stories uh, that people have had of God's faithfulness um, on the back of that. And Corinne, I know you um, you came up and I know you shared it with Joel previously, but do you mind just coming up and quickly sharing your story of what happened after Joel spoke last time? Yeah, I, um, I listened to Joel's preaching and um, I um, thought to myself that I um, I knew I had some money in my pocket and um, I just had this thought um, you need to put in the pot what was in my pocket and um, I thought it was 20 quid um, until I counted it and I suddenly forgot I'd been to the ATM machine before (laughs) church and I had 40 quid in my pocket and, um, well, I've never given that much away in one go, uh, ever. And um, there was uh, this real tassel because it was three days before payday. And that left me literally with pennies in my pocket. Anyway, oh. whilst I was kind of like um, thinking about this, like you do, um, I just kind of like moved move forward. It, I, I swear to God, it wasn't me. I just <laughs> moved. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was up the front and... Um, I was putting my money, the 40 quid, in the envelope. Anyway, my main aim was to get to payday with uh, any, uh, you know, calamities or anything. And I got to payday, uh, which was three days later. And I was, I was quite happy, but I was intrigued because Joel was saying about, you know, blessings coming and that. And um, when, it, when it got to a week, I thought to myself, well, that's probably not monetary blessings he's talking about. It's like other blessings... <laughs> So I'd kind of like given up on, 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 you know. So anyway, on the Tuesday, which is like nine days later, ten days later, I um, turned up for the first session of a, a voluntary, little voluntary uh, thing that I'm doing. And um, 
we were just talking over the um, plans for the session and just as I was about to go in, the lady said, oh, I need to talk to you about funding. She said, we've been given funding for this little project. And um, I knew that there was eight sessions that I'd signed up and that I agreed to do. And I went, oh, okay. And she said, yeah, she said, I'd like to split it with you. She said, but it's 40 quid a session. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ricardo. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's a great story and uh, amazing. And I know, Joel, you've heard others from people kind of yeah. on the back of, yeah. of what um, happened last time. I don't know if there's any more you yeah, like to just Yeah, so um, one lady came up to me and said, I just want to encourage you. Uh, the Lord gave me a figure in my head. And uh, the problem with the figure was it would put her into overdraft. Uh, and they were a very, very careful couple who don't go into overdraft. Um, and so she, uh, but she felt she had a, a definite figure from the Lord, so she shared it with her husband. Said, "I think, I think uh, we should go with what we feel." Um, uh, and um, the Lord said to her, "Can you trust me, even if you're overdrawn?" Uh, and of course, um, so um, they did, out of obedience, do this. And uh, the same week, they got a PPI claim that uh, was way more than what they had thought, and uh, got them out of overdraft and very much into credit. Um, so that was just exciting. Just uh, people fed back um, like different things that God showed them different things because I did something myself and, and I've seen res- just remarkable results. Just God do, 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 doing stuff, you know, the, that that thing that it costs you something that feels expensive. In fact, there's somebody else who's here actually who um, they gave a significant amount. Um, she didn't want to tell me how much it was because she wants the reward from the Lord. And I understand. But um, she, she said the next week, both me and my husband got contracts um, that uh, didn't seem at all likely to come their way. Doors just opened. I think three different contracts, uh, both, both involved in business. And so it's just like a fair bit of really positive feedback of God getting involved. Yeah. Uh, and he certainly did for me as well. But, uh, yeah. Wow, that's so good. And um, just to say, if you've got testimonies on the back of last time, please come and tell us. There's one more. Um, yeah. One guy came up to me and said, I'd come with a view to give a thousand pounds on the morning. And when you were speaking, I felt God say, times it by five. And uh, I just, he rang me that night just to encourage me. And he said, he said, wow, that's a lot. I just need to, um, I need a confirmation from you, Lord. And um, his wife uh, confirmed, I, I think you need to give five. And so he had the confirmation. And um, do you know what? That rubbed off on me because, um, because I, I came and I gave a significant figure. It wasn't the biggest I'd ever given, but it was what I felt was in my heart. And um, so I was, very comf- I was very happy with what I was doing. Um, and uh, so I, did, I owned two properties and I gave the equivalent of a mortgage payment for each of those properties, my monthly mortgage pay- payment. And taken together, that was quite significant. And I was... I'd done this before in the past, and so it's, I, I was kind of, it was what I knew. And I did that, and I was happy, thanking God. But when he said this to me, man, God said to me, times it by five, I said, wow, Lord, thank you so much. Can I do that again next week, what I just did? And I've mm. met times in my life, I've, I've heard God say double it. And, uh, um, and, you know, that was becoming a costly thing to do. Uh, but you know what? 
we come to a benchmark in our life where God says do something and you find that that won't be the only time you do it. In fact, that just becomes your platform. Mm. And then suddenly, somehow God just increases you and then he just takes you to the next level and the next level and, and then he works it all out. And the most remarkable thing out of this, I was not looking for this at all, but 12 years ago I said to myself, I did some tree work at a property and I cleared trees and it created a huge area of land. These trees were diseased. And, and I said, wow, Lord, if I could ever own this property, I'd be just, this would be amazing for storing all my equipment and stuff like this. That's 12 years ago. Well, this couple rang me up after I'd sowed my seed. Just, I, I don't go looking for houses. I'm not searching. I'm really content. And they said, um, would you come and give us a quote for a tree? And I said, yeah, sure. I gave them a quote. I didn't hear from them for a month. And they said, I'm sorry we wasted your time. We're splitting up. We're putting the house on the market. So, wow, wow. Twelve years ago, I said I'd be interested. And um, so I said, wow, well, if it comes available, I'd really like it. Uh, And I'm fairly mortgaged up and everything, so it didn't look like it would at all be possible. Plus, uh, it was offers over 400,000. So I just thought, I'll wait and see what happens. Three people immediately wanted this place, and one was a cash buyer. And so I just thought, well, you know what, God... I, I don't want anything you don't want me to have. You know, I really, really don't. But if you do, I'll say yes. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Um, please don't, don't allow me to have something that I'm, I'm not meant to have. Because re- it's important to me to always be in relationship. Mm. I never give anything without God, God, God. I need you involved in every, every way. So this is just a totally impossible. Um, I, I said, I'm going to find the Bank of Ireland, see if they'll lend me any more to get this, because my property's worth about 300000 but it's mortgaged up. And the Bank of Ireland said, and I prayed before I did it, the girl in the Bank of Ireland was a born-again Christian, and we start exchanging stories of <laughs> mission trips and generosity. I said, well, maybe you could just pray for me on this one. She said, I'm being recorded. She said, I'll, I'll, I'll pray for you when I get home, but I don't want to lose my job. Sort of thing. So... I said, wow, it's really cool. Well, I said, Lord, maybe you was in that. And then the estate agent came round, who's a very nominal Christian that prays, uh, begin to share stories. He said, it's virtually impossible that you'll get this. But the guy's got till next Wednesday to prove that he's got the cash. And um, uh, he said, um, so I said, he said, well, put, put the house on the market. I'll find you something. And I really wasn't interested in anything because I am content. But this... So I said, yeah, I'll put the house on the market just in faith. And then my accountant says, no, you're going to the wrong people. Don't go to the banks. Listen to me. And then I had this appointment with my accountant uh, last Wednesday. And I thought it was in the afternoon. So I came to Global Legacy in the morning. And then I ring my dad as soon as I arrive here. I said, Dad, what time's this appointment in the afternoon? He said, no, it's not the afternoon. It's in half an hour. <laughs> oh, I can't, I can't be, I really want to be at Global Legacy. God, you must have something to say to me, Lord. And I see the kids have done treasure hunting where they put, uh, they put a word from God under somebody's winds, windshield. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there was still a piece of paper on someone's car on Wednesday. I don't know if the car had been parked there since Wednesday. <laughs> I thought, wow, I'll pick it up. And it was in felt tip and it said, God is going to enlarge your territory. <laughs> so I go to my accountant and, um, and it, this is nothing to do with this house. This is just a yearly, once a year thing about my business. And uh, he, he says, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you still want that house. Dad, while we're here, he made all the phone calls and answered questions I could not answer because he's a mathematical genius. <laughs> and, uh, and then they interviewed me, and then they said, um, 
we're happy. We just want free, free, uh, free months of your bank statements. I did that on Saturday. They're going to give me an answer on Monday. And do you know what? I'm relaxed because if I don't get it, I don't want to have something good. Mm. But if I do, it just seemed like God's little handprint. Yeah. So, uh, and yeah, just, it just motivates me to sow and sow and sow. Because wow. I'm just not rooted into natural way of, of how God it will do it. I give up trying to work out how God will do it. Once I tried to work out how God would do it, and that didn't work out well for me. I bought a lottery ticket because I thought that's how he was going to fund me doing the School of Supernatural Ministry. And embarrassingly, I told a couple of people I was going to win. And uh, I didn't win. And then God told, I said, well, how do I get the... My dad said I needed £12,000 to, to cover me until Christmas. And then I, so I said, when I didn't win, I couldn't say anything to anyone. My, my, my wife said, my ex-wife said, no way you're going to do this school. And my dad said, don't think you can do the school. You know, you're overdrawn and you're working five days a week. And so I now said, Lord, I don't know how I get the money. What do I do? And he said, sell your wood-burning stove, which was a stove I had in my garage, uh, ready for when I had my dream home. And so I, I sold that. Uh, I needed £900 for the deposit for the school. And I sold the wood-burning stove and it gave me £920. So I got my deposit and I took the family to the cafe. Because there's always <laughs> more than enough. And, um, I, I, and the next year, see, if I'd have got that, big win or something that would have been my buffer to see me through the year but instead he grew my heart because I just had to trust him all the way and he's, he, he said I've called you here so I'm going to pay the bills all the way so anything I wanted I'd ask him for and actually most times he, I said God can I buy that painting that I'm seeing the lady paint in the worship thinking that maybe she would want 40 quid or something I said how much, how much do you sell the paintings oh they go for about 120 quid Wow, flip, I've not got a penny. Maybe I should try and, I might try and knock her down and do a bit of, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll sort out a bargain here. Um, and then I thought, no, I don't want to knock her down, I want to pay her what this thing's worth. God, can I have this painting? And I felt peace. So I said, can I just buy the painting, I'll, wow. I'll pay you over the next month. But within the, by Friday I had all the money to give to her. Wow. And my life just went... I was just going where God wanted me to go, so therefore he had to pay the bills. Wow, that's amazing. Just to say, actually, just as you're listening to these stories, we're hopefully going to have opportunities for you guys to ask a couple of questions later. So if you've got any questions, please be thinking of them uh, that you'd like to ask Joel. Because this man is just full of stories, like the stories he's just been telling. And uh, Joel, just for those who weren't here last time and didn't hear what you shared last time, uh, one of the highlights for me was a dream that you shared yeah. Uh, where God had uh, kind of spoken to you about uh, his heart in, in this whole area of giving and finance. Would, could you just share that again for those that haven't heard it, yeah. just to kind of yeah, set the scene for, for where these stories come from? Yeah, so God appeared to me in a dream as a magician, and he had three cups with a coin under one of the cups on a table, and he was spinning the cups, and uh, I was watching intently, and as he got faster... It was with real intensity that I was watching to keep an eye on where the coin was. And I felt I was doing well, but, but he then speeded up until his hands became like electric. I, they were going so fast I couldn't see his hands. And then he came to a stop and I said, wow, I've not got a clue where that coin is. I could guess and I'd have a one-third chance of getting it right. And as I began to ponder that I begin to look up and I see his, his hands and then I see his arms and then I see his face 
and I see this massive, his pleasure over me, this really big smile over my life. And, uh, and then in a moment, he looked down at one of the cups and then instantly I said, I know where the coin is. And I woke up. And he said, uh, Joel, don't look at the coin, which could be the money that I could give to you. Um, don't look at my hands, which could be the miracles that I could do for you. But look up, and if you can see my face, and if you can see my smile, you'll get everything else. And I remembered the verse in Psalms which said, I will guide you with my eye. And uh, so now, whenever I give, because there's always need in pulling you in lots of directions, but I always say, can I feel your smile on this? Because if I can't, I don't have permission myself to... I don't have to be, I'm not anybody's provider. I'm, I, if God is involved, I will give whether I'm overdrawn, in credit. It's not about what I've got. It's about, Lord, if you say yes, I'm thrilled because there's reward. There's, I'm not going to be diminished. I'm going to prove who you are because your word says that I have the opportunity to prove who you are with my finances. Yeah. That's amazing. And I know you shared a lot of stories last time and you've shared some already today. And uh, I know you've also got some where perhaps things didn't go as you had hoped or expected them to go. Um, But also you you learned a lot of lessons through those as well as the ones where, you know, it came through over and above what you expected. Are there a couple, one or two of those you could share and just just share some of the lessons that they taught you? I've got one very current one, actually. Um, just before Christmas, way before Christmas, I, I ended up helping a couple that had built a home that was going to become like a million pound house. And they got really stuck with a, they were really stepping out in faith themselves. And I was so inspired by their faith journey that I got involved at a point where the builder had kind of ripped them off. He was a Christian, he was a Christian builder, but he had some, he had some issues because they'd really got stitched up over and over. And he said, I run out of money. And then, they give him more, and he'd only use half of that on. And this ended up with a roof that was not completed, and the scaffolder was taking his scaffolding down this one morning. And with the scaffolding gone, the roof couldn't be finished. The water was going to come in. And I'd done the tree work for them free of charge because I'd invite them. I'd gone there to give them a quote, been so inspired by their faith journey, a bit like my faith journey. And I said, man, I want to do the tree work for free. And they then prayed for me and prayed that God would bless me with presents. Immediately through my door came £450 worth of chainsaw equipment from F.R. Jones, who'd accidentally uh, sent me a load of stuff, which was great. But <laughs> I rang them. I rang F.R. Jones and I said, um, look, I haven't asked for this stuff. I can use it. Great, but it's not mine to take. And uh, I rang them three times. And finally, I was just getting in the car to drive it back to them because they were ignoring me. And then I checked my message, and just as I set off, it said, um, oh, about that, it's F.R. Jones here, about that delivery, you know, we're sorry about that, just keep it. So I turned around and go home, and uh, I thought, wow, there's a bit of favour there. Wow, I can see the... And often I follow these little lines of favour, even yeah. when it costs me. So they, um, wow. they ran into big trouble with the builder, and I hadn't seen them for months after doing the tree work. Joel, can you run down there and see if the scaffolding's being taken away? Sure enough, it was. He came to his property because he came down from London and he was out of money 
out of options. This big house was just a building site with no... And I was crying out to God, what do we do, what do we do? And I had no money in my own account. And I'd already made a pledge for that Wednesday, a significant pledge for a guy in Colombia. And I wanted to give to the... That was for the poor. These guys were kind of rich, you know. This was... They had, a, they had their own property and this other one that was theirs and it had just gone wrong for them. But my compassion was, God, man, what are we going to do? This is just a hopeless situation. This guy was screaming at the builder. His eyes were blood red like he was about to cry. I said, hey, my man, I don't want to say his name. I said, hey, my man, let's go and get a coffee. Let's just we'll go and get a coffee. And I, t- I put the builder on. I said, what do we need to make this happen? What do, what do you need? He said, I need two more weeks. But he was then to go and let us down again. And I said, how do we keep that scaffolding there for two weeks? And I said, Lord, can I... I said, if we offer him a £1,000... And basically, I ended up... This line of favour, just... I had never believed that I would have got as involved as I did. They moved into the house, still needed work, but it, they had the basics and they were able to get in. Thank God. But now it was Christmas, just gone... And I, there was this last push that they needed to get the house into a place where they could remortgage it. And I, I said, man, would you need, like, I've got £10,000, which is actually for my tax, uh, end of January. Um, maybe I could lend you that for this last month and a bit, get it ready, get it remortgaged, get, get my 10000 You know, if it goes to six weeks, I can make a late payment, you know, uh, well, we got to the end of January. It was not looking like I was seeing this money coming back. But I knew that the, the couple were a faithful couple. And then it went on, on to February. And by March, HMRC were ringing me for a £12,500 tax bill. And that, my opportunity to have a wobbly moment or to go back to them and say, come on, guys, where's the, where's the, where's the money? That was there. But I had to say, actually, God, you're my provider. These people are not my provider. There's integrity here, even though they can't pay. So, you're my provider, God. This is, you know, my first question was, God, did I do anything wrong? Did I get this wrong? Because I'm always consulting him. It's not, this is a, I don't make the decision lightly. But I didn't have a specific, like I heard, give it. Did I do this wrong? But do you know what? Um, I then had a call from a, a solicitor that said, um, when you bought your property a year ago, we see that you've got a big annex on there, you know, someone living there. I said, yeah. Well, you were entitled to multiple dwellings relief, and that's worth about five and a half grand. Um, so I went to my solicitor who'd done the house. I said, is this true? He said, oh, I don't really know. And this other solicitor is someone up north that specialises in this. And I said, well, can you find out? And in his finding out, he realised he'd done my stamp duty all wrong on my house. He'd done it as... Um, I was, it was a let to buy, and he'd done it as a buy to let, because I'd let my original house out, moved into this. And he said, oh, I've made a mistake. You're entitled to £9,000. So he'd done all his paperwork. I got the multiple dwellings relief and the recalculation of stamp duty. £16,750 came back to me. And it felt like um, HMRC actually, fight, by April, they fined me... Uh, as well as my 12 and a half, they fined me £250. They called it a fine. It wasn't actually a fine. It was just an interest payment, quite a low interest payment, actually. But um, I wasn't looking to them to give me this back. <laughs> this is really upsetting. It, it was always, it's always got to be trust all the way. God, you pay the bills. And sometimes it feels like the 12th hour. Sometimes it feels like an hour too late, you know. Um, 
But that sometimes is the test. And that willingness to keep including him will reap a harvest. That was one. Yeah, Yeah. so there's a lady that asked me... um, Oftentimes, I've walked to this walk, and so it's always been sort of on the edge of overdraft or just in credit. In fact, amazingly, when I when I sewed the thousand pounds to help them keep their roof up, within two hours, a check for this was on a Saturday morning, a check for either two or four thousand came from a company that owed me money. It was just like that doesn't happen on a Saturday morning from. Um, and, and I just kept following that line of favour. But this lady came to me one day, she's a friend of mine, she said, Joel, I want to buy a car. I've, and she had a bit of a banger of a car, and she'd saved £500. She was a single mother working, so things were tight for her. She said, I want to buy a car for about 2500 I've got 500 saved, and I've tried to borrow 2000 but my credit isn't great, and they're charging me a crazy APR. I'm wondering, would you lend me £2,000? I had to go away and think about it because that was going to push me into overdraft. And I, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? But often it's when compassion kicks in. That's my signal. That's, it's not always the voice. And I processed it and I said, do you know what? If I'm overdrawn, well, I'm working. Sooner or later, I'm going to get paid. And also sooner or later, I'll be out of my overdraft. And my overdraft will cost me less than her getting an overdraft. So it's, God, okay, I'll do this. Please, always, please, please be involved. So she had now two and a half thousand to buy a car. She was keeping her car to the end of that month. She had three more weeks before MOT, and it wasn't going to pass. She went to London, and she got a parking clamp, and she got a £300 fine. She, she, oh, I'm so disappointed. You know, £300, I have to pay it because I need my car for another three weeks. And I said, you can't deal, got a, a bad hand, you know. Don't worry. He's got this. Next week, her computer broke. £500 for a computer. Joe, I'm so upset. I'm down to, like, less than £1,800 spend for this. I, she wanted, she was very specific. She wanted a red Ford Focus. Um, we were being specific, because it's good to be specific. God can answer a specific prayer of what you want. And um, so now she's looking in the newspaper. She'd been looking at the two and a half grand mark. Now she's looking in the newspaper. And there was a red Ford Focus for £1,800. So she said, come with me. So I went to see the car. What happened was the, the, uh, the man had bought the car. He'd had it for two years. He actually died. And his wife put this car in a carpeted garage for the next seven years before she met another man in her life. And he said, what on earth are you doing with that car sat in the garage? By this time, the tyres are... She said, oh, well, I never knew what to do. You know, my husband, I never did anything with it. He said, well, get it running and we'll sell it. So they put new tyres on it. The brakes had to be redone. It had to be fully serviced, MOT'd. And now it was a very roadworthy, very good-looking, low-mileage car, but quite an older car. And she picked this up for the £1,800 that she had left. And she said, Joel... I've just realised, she came a day later, very delighted with the car, I've just realised that if I hadn't been wheel clamped, I'd have never found this car, because the bracket that I was looking at was above, and so you just see God covering covering us. Wow, that's so good. One of the things I love just hearing about hearing Joel's stories um, 
is, is as uh, Sasha said at the beginning, the relationship that comes out of it, and just seeing your relationship with God, and just, I know that this has been a, a lifetime journey for you, and actually just as Joel was speaking, I'm just, and while we were worshipping, was just reminded of, of Abraham, and how God kind of called him to basically go on a life journey with him, and um, just thinking of Joel's stories, and and his history with God that he's got in this whole area of giving and finance. And, uh, you know, I just really feel this evening one of the things God's releasing. And we've heard the stories earlier. We've heard uh, Rebecca's healing story. We've heard Corin's uh, story of provision. And I, I just feel as we're talking about the impossible, as we're talking about, uh, Sasha talked about m- moments becoming momentum, that w- we love the, these moments. We love these stories. But, but this is also part of a, a history. This is part of a faith journey this is part of a life of faith that's being been walked out and that's being walked out and uh, you know it, in some ways you, you know it's not always smooth it's not always easy it's not always you know neat and and exactly as you'd imagine it but 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 through it all kind of it's like you're growing with God and growing closer with him and, and catching his heart more and more and seeing more and more amazing things happen yeah 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 I remember when I was doing the school of supernatural ministry and I was trusting moment by moment and I made a mistake, quite a big mistake, quoting for a tree surgery job. I quoted a job for £12,000. That was, would have been a big job for me. Um, a lot of my jobs are under a grand or over, but twelve grand is significant. And I had to clear an area of land and uh, I was going to use this kind of combine harvester machine. And um, this was going to mulch all these trees. It walks over trees and roots and just shreds them into shards. And the building company had agreed that with their diggers, they would pull it all into a big pile. It would be my job to get rid of the, um, the mulch. It wasn't exactly mulch. It was nasty bits of twig and all sorts. It's kind of mulch. And... Um, I estimated there'd be about six Arctic lorries, and I never really handled Arctic lorries, so I guessed the price. I said, maybe £600 a lorry. Um, so six lorries, that'd be 3600 Plus the machine I was hiring was 1800 It wasn't going to cost an awful lot in labour. It was just making sure this was done. So I'd allowed 12000 and I thought I would make five if I was okay with it or whatever I was going to make. But I'd estimated very wrongly and they pulled all this mulch into a really big pile, and by the time they scooped it up, they dragged it through the dirt, and thought, wow, flip. Um, so anyway, I went to, I meet with my friend Rob and John to pray on a Wednesday morning, and um, I said, can you just pray that I get an outlet, because it's my responsibility to get rid of this stuff, and I'd not looked into it, should have done some sort of research, but God just loves us, and he sort of, so we prayed that there'd be an outlet for the mulch. And I meet on a Wednesday between 7 and 8 to pray. And I get out of this meeting at 8 o'clock. And I'm still on the driveway outside having prayed. And my phone went off. Somebody says, yeah, I want as much mulch as you can give me. I say, I've got a load around the M25. It's up sort of North London way. You know, there's going to be, I don't know, maybe six articulated lorries. I deal with articulated lorries all the time. I'll send the lorries up. I'll take the mulch for free. And we'll go halves on the haulage. Yeah, fine. He took two lorry loads and it came back to his yard. Yeah, this stuff isn't exactly what I wanted. He said, but now I've taken two, I'll take the rest. 
He ended up taking nine lorry loads of this stuff, which I didn't think anyone could do anything with. Wow. And um, wow. the haulage uh, came to 3,600, but we were going halves. So it was like 1,800 quid my bill, plus the machine at 1,800. The rest was just the profit. And I did the school all the way through, just believing that he would pay it. And wow. instead of him blessing me at the beginning with what I thought he would give me, yeah. I realized that there are two people, types of people that get in God's way. There are those who resist him, and there are those who try to help him. And you know, <laughs> I, was to, I, was to, I was trying to work out how, how, how I could help him give me what I needed to do the school. And when that didn't work for me, I had to trust him. Yeah. And that was the best journey, because what got enlarged was, wasn't my bank balance necessarily, but my heart and my wow. trust... My joy, my peace. Peace is a commodity you can only get from heaven. Yeah. You know what? People don't have peace. My friend's father, billionaire in Kenya, and he was on, before he died, my friend went to her dad, his, her dad, and said, Dad, what do you really want? He had three wives, massive family, land, businesses. He said, I just want peace. Wow. She said, he didn't have peace. And you think, that is our commodity. That's our currency. That's our trademark. You know, the Holy Spirit, God, Jesus breathed on them and said, my peace. Man, I wouldn't trade that for the world. Yes. You know what? I don't care what my bank balance looks like. Mm. Credit overdrawn. Mm. I want it to be in credit. God blesses us. But it isn't, hasn't always been that way. In the last three months, it has. And amazingly, it's been significantly in credit so that this house where they want my statements for the last three months, I think, wow, they look flipping brilliant. Amazing. <laughs> so uh, we hold the podcast uh, back for a few. <laughs> uh, there we are. There we are. He's a good, good God. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I did want to give opportunity just to open up for questions. If there are any burning questions that people have, would like to ask um, at this point. Has anyone got a question that they'd, they'd like to ask in this whole area of finance and giving and creating wealth? Just a really practical one as a mum. How do you speak to your kids about money? To my children. I just, I've always encouraged them to be generous. I've got a fantastic wife as well, you know, because in the area of taking risks, she's just fearless. Sometimes she tells me what to do, and I go, wow, yeah, wow, Goddy, is that you? I always, always, wow, that's a great idea. I didn't think of that. So glad. Um, Mm. Yeah, my wife is really brilliant. Wow. She's walking down Chatham High Street one day when she was a single mother, had no money. She just got her benefits, £100, just before Christmas. And uh, she thought, £100 is what I need to pay my bills. And she wanted to give her kids a Christmas present and a tablecloth with a, a meal. And all this money was going to be used up on the bills. And in her frustration, she said, walking down Chatham High Street, Lord, I need you to give me £100. In under 30 seconds, she picked up two £50, brand new £50 notes, crisp £50 notes in the gutter. They didn't even have a fold in them. You'd think if they dropped out of someone's pocket, wow. they might have been folded. Wow. But I think they probably dropped out of heaven. Yeah. They, they, God heard. Yeah. Uh, he knows how to supply from this, this stream which is not rooted in this earth. Wow. And we've got to get used to that because we're going to try and... Our, our brains want to figure this thing out. And any, if we want to figure it out, we're unlikely to take the kind of risk that is kind of either necessary or mm. the faith journey. 
One guy says to me, oh, Joel, the thing is with this giving thing, some people have the faith and some people don't. And I think it's a bit unfair in that, you know. And, you know, my answer is, well, you didn't, you became a, it required faith for you to become a Christian. You know, you couldn't please God without faith because it's impossible to please him. Because everyone who comes to him has to believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder for those who seek him. And we just, we've been invited in the Bible to test him with our finances. And, and the promise is that he'll pour out a blessing that we can't contain. And he says, test me in this. And he even says, if you don't, it's robbery. And you think, well, why is it robbery? You know, is it like God's only just got a few quid and your little bit will make up the difference and if he doesn't get it, he's robbed? No, he's loaded. It's not like he actually needs your money. But the robbery occurs because you don't get to prove him in your life. Mm. You don't get to prove that he's going to show up when you took risk on him. And that's where the robbery is. And so if we are going to uh, reach out and uh, do great things, then we're going to take risk. And it'd be exciting. And we're never going to give up that trust journey. And even when it looked like 11th hour's come and it hasn't worked out, oh, no, no, I'd rather die believing this than what I would uh, change at this point. Mm. Um, wow. Joe, one of the things you said is that you always want to consult God, you always want to see you smile in it. So I wonder, don't worry if you can't, but if you can think of a couple of stories where you've kind of felt like you wanted to give, but actually when you've gone and checked with God and said, you know, what do you want me to do? Have you ever had a halt on it or a check in your spirit where you thought, actually, I'm not going to, um, whether you're consulting ever actually, looks like that. There are times people ask me, uh, one lady... <laughs> One lady said, can I pray for you after the, with you at the end of the service? And we went downstairs and she prophesied really accurately into my life. I thought, wow, flip. She was telling me things she could not have known. I thought, wow, it's powerful. And I felt the presence of God. And then she said, I'm just off to another country to do mission work. I, I need 2,000 pounds. I thought, okay. Like, you're looking at me. Um, and I didn't have that kind of money. And if I did, I, didn't think I was ready to say yes to that. I felt stretched on every level in this area. Like sometimes I feel, am I coming up to breathe here? This is like stretching um, at that time. And so, but I did have a hundred quid in my pocket and I recognized the intercessory gift on her life. And she said she'd be praying for me as well. And I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. Well, that was a time when I did give low. I said, I've got this hundred, hundred in my pocket. You didn't give the 2,000, mate. I didn't give her 2,000. I had the hundred in my pocket. I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. And that felt costly to me because that was like, that was my bit to go on. And now I was dry again. And I said, I'm going to give you this hundred pound. I'm going to need to see God move on that. Because if I see him move on that, I'll give you a hundred next month. But he'll need to move on that because that's costing. That, you don't know where I'm at and where I, where I am. But, but I love your gift. I love who you are. I love what you're doing. That's what I did. That was on the Wednesday. On the Sunday, I was staying in a hotel with my wife. We were having just 24 hours out. I wasn't going to be able to work Monday till after lunch. I had a job to price up in Tunbridge Wells. So I had overnight stay. Didn't need to leave till lunchtime. Fantastic. Only had three guys on a job that was worth about 550 quid. And most of that was taken up with their wages 
and fuel. There was a little bit of profit. And I said, Lord, another not very profitable day. But I'm enjoying the hotel. So anyway, while I'm in the hotel, I get a call from a company I do work for. We've had a tree falling over in Tunbridge Wells. Well, I only go to Tunbridge Wells once or twice a year. And I was going there anyway. I didn't want to take my men off of the job because they were on a fixed price for a day. And I'd have to make it up another time. So I said, this is interesting. I'm going to Tunbridge Wells twice in a day. I'm sure you're in this, God. Um, so I make my way, to, I stay in the hotel till lunchtime, drop my wife home, and then I make my way to Tunbridge Wells to give a quotation. On the way to Tunbridge Wells to give a quote, I said, Lord, you must have tree surgeons in the area that want to do another little extra job at the end of the day who can sort this out for me. And I'm just thanking God for his goodness. And I do, I do my quote in Tunbridge Wells, and then I put the other area in Tunbridge Wells in my sat-nav, and it's 10 minutes. And on the way, I said, God, I thank you that you've got tree surgeons in this area that want a little extra job at the end of their day to make up their day. Because I knew I was going to be able to charge a decent amount for emergency call-out. And um, so five minutes into my journey, there they were. These, I turned a corner. There were these three tree surgeons with their truck and their chipper. And they were just doing the final bit of blowing up on their job, sweeping up. As I pull over, jump out of the car, just as they'd finished, I said, I've got a job not five minutes from here. I can't imagine that it's going to take more than 15 minutes or so because the tree had been pushed out of the way by someone. So that indicated to me it couldn't have been a really huge deal. And they said, yeah, yeah, we were just saying we would like a little extra job to finish the day off. I said, well, look, if I give you 50 quid each, would you um, come along? Come along. I said, I'm going to hold the traffic up in the road. They did this. 20 minutes later, it's all all done and dusted, and I was able to bill 550 quid for a team of guys coming out on emergency call-out. And I, ne- I knew that God had worked. You see, sometimes you've got the story, but you stepped out in faith some days before. You, you, you did something to create a heavenly reaction. And I just think, God, I could not have done that. I couldn't masterminded that. And, and so the stories go on and on. Wow, that's yeah. really good. I know last time, Joel, when we were talking... Sasha, I think and, oh, and that lady, she, yeah, she uh, that, was, that happened two and a half years ago. We connect every month. And sometimes, sometimes I increase what I give her regularly. Because we, we phone, I phone her up from an African country. We talk about what's going on in each other's lives. We pray for each other. She prophesies. She speaks into my situation. The situation changes. And I, the same night, I ping over some money. And it's like, she really needs my money, and I really need her gift. So that law of recognition, many people at that time, would have, they'd say, I can't afford to, I'm, they would have been approached, I need some money. And in my position, it didn't look affordable. It didn't look something I should do. But I wanted to allow room for God, because I recognized something in her life that I wanted as well. It wasn't just, I want to give you my money and be depleted. It was you've got something really powerful in this gifting and it's going to work for me and it's a, and the law of recognition is a, being able to recognize that and not dismiss it because it looks unaffordable yeah i know when we um did last time afterwards you, you said oh we didn't talk about tithing and we've talked a lot about giving we've talked a lot about uh, generosity mm. and and things like that but i know you're you you, you, there's stuff you, you love to share around the whole subject of tithing as well. Would you, would you mind just kind of just giving us a, a taste of yeah. kind of your, your heart in that area? So I have debates with some of my friends about tithing because people got a different thing about it. You can't actually make a really watertight, strong argument 
in, if you look just at the New Testament, and that's what most people who don't want to think don't think that tithing should be a thing we, we do in that sense. Uh, that's the excuse. Obviously, Jesus did say to the Pharisees, "Don't forget to tithe and your offerings, and, even, and the more important things of justice and righteousness." And but that was to the Pharisees, and so the argument is that that's an Old Testament group and we're, we're new covenant but I like the story of Jesus uh, when he saw the widow and uh, she put in her two very small coins um, whilst the Pharisees were giving their uh, making a show of quite a lot, they were probably giving their 10% because they were law men um, and Jesus recognised the widow and said uh, you know what, she gave because she gave, the, she gave the most because it was everything that she had well if it was everything she had what percentage would you say that is? It, it's, it, it, it's, he didn't say get the money back out and give 90% back to her because she needs to give the tithe um, he, he recognised her and so what did he and if it was the amount that he was interested he would have commended the Pharisees because they were good You know, they had the amount um, uh, but he commended her because ultimately uh, he, there was something about her heart that made the 10% obsolete. So if I'm going to agree with someone that says I don't believe in tithing, I'll agree with them for the opposite reason that they don't agree with tithing. They might want to save their God costs, but I would say, <laughs> I would say that the tithe, the problem with the tithe is it falls 90% short of what God requires. You know, he's looking for a heart. And, and do you know what? If he, if he hasn't got your heart, he doesn't need your money either. He's got enough. He's got enough of his own. Um, and so what I love about Elijah and the widow is that he goes to this widow that has her last meal left. And he's not intimidated by her lack, by her poverty, by how much she and her child need that meal. He's, in, he's rooted into a totally different life source, life supply. And he says, look, make one for me. And by the way, it's not going to run out. So there's a little promise attached to that. And she has a choice. And she makes a good, good choice. Because her heart is already right. Jesus said, Elijah wasn't sent to any of the ones in Israel. He was sent to this widow. He was sent to somebody whose heart was already saying, I'm ready. The Holy Spirit searches to find out. And a lot of what's going in our our heart is, when he says, test me in this and see if I won't pour out a blessing, what I see really happening is, we can test him, but actually he's testing us. He's, he's finding out what's in us, whether we want to believe that. So, um, yeah, I would say a, the tithe was good for me because that was my, that's a great starting point of trust. You can do that, and there's a promise attached of blessing. So, if you want to start that journey and see what God's going to do, I do it at all costs. A single mother came up to me and said, Joel, I've only got enough food. You know, she had not been tithing and she said, I really love your stories. I really want to start tithing. Do I give my tithe or do I buy my shopping? Because I won't have enough shopping to last me to the end of the week. And I said, well, uh, what came first? You know, what do you owe furthest back? She said, well, my tithe is overdue way before my shopping. I said, well, I don't want to answer that question for you. I've never been tested in that way myself. I've never thought I'm not going to eat at the end of the week. It's not fair of you to ask me the question. 
She said, all right, fair enough, but if you were me, what would you do? <laughs> I said, I'd give my tithe. He'll, he'll meet my needs. Wow. She said, all right. So she did. And uh, she was amazed because she didn't ask or tell anybody, but her friends all came around with shopping. They saw her through to the end of the week. She didn't have to say anything to anybody. But God uh, broke in and... We're getting involved in a stream. When Jesus did everything he did, he, when he multiplied, when he gave them fish, in the, you know, they've been fishing all night. And it is the best time for him to show up is when you've been fishing all night and you caught nothing. Because he says, without me, you can do nothing. He doesn't say, without me, you'll get by or you'll have a bit, you'll scrape by. Without me, you can do nothing. It's like, like I said earlier, there are those who resist him, there are those who try to help him. When we realise it's got to be with him, that's the place where he can really start multiplying stuff and shock and surprise you. Uh, He'll create the best wine without growing a vine, letting it ripen, crushing the grapes, putting it into new wineskins and then pouring it out. He'll do it in an instant and it'll be a better quality. When they got fish and they couldn't catch them all night long, he says push your boats out into deep water for a catch. They said, that's, that's a crazy thing. This is the middle of the day. You know, we don't catch fish at noon. We catch them at night. Chances are just a million to one. And they just do it because he said to do it. And actually, four of them, it was, so that was a money miracle to them. Four of them dropped, left their nets at that point to follow him. Peter was so shocked that the miracle almost threatened to destroy them. It said the boats were breaking the nets were tearing, they were losing fish, and Peter says, get away from me, Lord, because I'm sinful and unholy. All he became aware of was his tremendous shame and what he wasn't. And yet, the, and the sec- but then Jesus turns around and says, I, I will make you fishers of men. So he took the treasure that meant the most to them to reveal to them the treasure that meant the most to him, which was the hearts of men. Then the second time he did that miracle, this was a surprise to me, because what then, I was comparing this because I felt God took me there after I'd actually done some giving myself and he compared two stories that had happened in my life. So the second time he uh, did the same miracle was at the resurrection. He did one near the beginning of his ministry and one after he rose from the dead. This time he's a silhouette on the beach and he doesn't even say push out into deep water. He just says, hey guys, throw your nets to the other side. They don't even know it's Jesus because they're seeing a silhouette. They've been fishing all night again. And so they throw their nets over the other side. They catch a massive catch. The difference is this time, the boats weren't threatening to break up. The nets weren't threatening to tear. And Peter, instead of saying, get away from me, Lord, he said, I think I know who that... No, he said, I definitely know who that is on the beach. Only Jesus does that. And instead of saying, get away from me, Lord, he was like a shark. He couldn't wait to get to Jesus. And um, (laughs) so I thought, wow, what a change because that miracle that threatened to break them had become easy now and uh, there was no shame for him and the thing that had changed was they decided to go on a journey with Jesus they said yeah we'll drop our nets and follow you they didn't have to say that I've been reading the chronological bible and they could have actually left to follow him much when he did his earlier tour of Galilee very interesting but it was the next stage they'd already seen a number of miracles but it was that financial miracle for them that made them say, we're just going to quit and follow you. So, wow. it's exciting. Wow. I just, um, 
I feel like you've got something to release over us. I mean, you've been releasing stuff through, through your stories, but I just wonder that this might be something just specific or a few things just for you to release over us. Um, as you're just thinking about that, I just feel in my heart, Joel, just I, I want to just honour God for his faithfulness in your life and his um, just the miracles and his provision and just the, the demonstration of his goodness. But I also just want to honour you for your heart and uh, the, the way that you've pursued him and, and just given him your, your heart and, and, and the risks that you've been willing to take because you've sensed his, his pleasure and his voice and his smile. It's, it's a real inspiration. Um, but I just wonder if there's anything... I just want to encourage you just... I mean, you've hopefully been in receive mode already, but just, just get into receive mode uh, consciously. And, Joe, I just wonder if there's anything you would just release over us, both those here and those who'll be listening and, and just into our environment, just that yeah. you, you'd release over I suppose us. one thing I would just final to say before yeah. praying is some of these, are, they look like quite scary risks. And start where you're at, but be willing to take a risk. Mm-hmm. In careful, in relationship mm-hmm. with him. Not just a great run-ahead fancy idea, but... Because mm. often, if you say, can I do this, Lord? Mm. He connects with your excitement, your heart, your want, your desire and want to believe. So, so the question is, would I ever make a... Could I, could I get this wrong? Could I make a mistake? I don't believe you can make a mistake. If you, even if you did it wrong, his reward is with your desire. His joy is with your desire to seek him. So even if you get it wrong, I just believe there's a reward because of his great, great love. Mm-hmm. He'll, he can correct you. And um, so if you're going to go out and move into this, then... It's, you're going to do it from, it's going to come from a supernatural supply. He's going to surprise you with things, but it's the willingness for it to cost you um, and, 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 and take what would, in the natural, look like a, a really silly thing to do, a, a crazy risk. And that's the joy of proving him mm-hmm. and not letting go of knowing that you're involved here, God. You're never going to not be involved. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you want to just release out this? <sighs> Father, I just thank you so much because of your goodness and mm. you, you love us so much and we get to prove you on, on so many levels with our money, uh, our time, with your gifts, all the things you do. We just want to do everything that you show us to do. And I pray for real blessing on everyone here, everyone who hears this message, that you would come alongside and instill courage and faith, expectation, love. Just thank you that you're all about increase. So many verses about God gives us the power to create wealth. And we've churches have been a bit embarrassed to talk about wealth and money like it's a dirty thing and it's not it's, you give us the power to create this stuff mm. you promise mm-hmm. that you love to bless us and increase us mm. you want to give us mortgage free things and, mm-hmm. and Lord we, ne- we don't want to bypass past the journey because you want to increase our hearts mm. and um, mm. so I just pray that mm. you would increase our, our expectation our, enlarge our hearts yeah. that our relationship with you the most precious thing we have 
um, our peace with you would just increase um, as we depend on you. Every step we take towards independence is a step away from the Holy Spirit. So we stay dependent. We're yeah. staying in your heart, in your joy. Because yeah, these are the best commodities we have. Righteousness, peace and joy. Your kingdom. But we're going to show that with our, with our money, our time, with our, who, who, what you've put in us. Thank you that you're doing an inside job in us. Yeah. Just thank you for the lady's testimony that gave that costly gift of £40. Yeah. And by Monday morning, you had a story to tell. Mm. You know, you, I love you, Lord. I love what you do. Mm. And you're going to do it for every single person in this room because mm. your promises are yes and amen. They are certain and sure. We love you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. At least blessing. Yeah. See your favor. Mm. Yeah, I just want to release breakthrough for those of you that need... Uh, financial provision right now and also jobs um, or also where you've got desires in your heart that need uh, finance and significant finance to, to resource them. Uh, we just release now the the, uh, the blessing of heaven into your life and uh, if I just release open doors and uh, surprises money arriving, money appearing Father, income streams. Father, I just release income streams over people uh, that it wouldn't just be one-off, uh, one-off gifts, but it would be income streams that are opened into people's lives uh, and into this environment. Father, we just we just receive that. And I just wanted to something I felt on my heart was there may be some of you in the room um, who are used to dealing with very large sums of money uh, in the jobs that you you work in, and I, I just feel like that isn't an accident. And, uh, you know, I feel like uh, God's teaching us as a church and as a ch- the church uh, at this time is to expect and to, to, to know how to handle very large sums of money. And, uh, you know, if you're used to talking in millions uh, that, and tens of millions, like that isn't by accident. Uh, that's because uh, God, God, God's got you used to that because he wants his church to be used to that. And, uh, you know, if we're going to disciple nations, we need to be comfortable uh, dealing with, with very large sums. And uh, it's not, as Joel said, it's not been talked about in the church for, for too long, uh, in many parts of the church, and, and just God's restoring that to us. Uh, so he just wants to raise our expectations and raise our ceiling for what's possible. Um, I also just feel for some, like I was just, just mentioned earlier, the story of Abraham, and I, it's just a bit really being impressed on my heart, is this... Uh, this Example, his example, and you know, Joel's an example as well. You know, of, of of a life with God. You know, not not just a moment, but a life with God, and and a, a life journey of faith. You know, God said to Abraham to to leave everything he knew and to go on a journey, and he didn't know where he was going, and he didn't know what the outcome would be. But God had spoken, and and he he had a sense in his heart, I'm sure, of what what it would be. But probably, but even the sense he had wasn't wasn't the fullness and wasn't the reality. He, could, he couldn't have imagined what would come of that. But he went on this journey of faith. He went on this life of faith. And I feel for everyone, I feel for some specifically, that you, you may never have taken that step. You may be a Christian, but you may never have, you may feel like, I need to give my life. Like, I want to give my life to this. And, and others of you, it may be you just feel there's just, yeah, God, I, I just want to, to the extent I can give you more, I want to give you more. 
Um, but I feel like there's that, that, that call for this, this to be a journey of faith. Not just in the area of finance, but, but in every area of our lives. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Just getting in step with him and, and this relational faith that actually takes you to, and enables you to do things that you, yeah, that are impossible. Um, and to live without limits. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can just make that step in your heart right now. Yeah, just quickly, I was, um, as we were praying then, I just got the, uh, I was actually looking at my wife and I was, I, I was looking at uh, her engagement ring. And then God just put a, a image of, that he's placing an engagement ring on each one of our fingers. And an engagement ring is a promise to be married. It's that person promising, saying that we are, we are going to be joined together and we are going to be married. And I just believe that each one of us has desires in our heart. And God puts a promise. He puts this engagement ring on our fingers. And But nobody looks at an engagement ring and goes, oh, well, I hope not. <laughs> I hope they show up. Nobody's fearful about their wedding day, that, that worried that it's not going to happen. When, when uh, me and my wife got engaged, we were excited about getting married. We were excited about the day that we'd be married. We were excited about making plans. We weren't fearful that, that either one of us wasn't going to show up. We weren't afraid that it wasn't going to happen. We were expectant. Because it was a beautiful and a joyous thing. And I just really feel that, that each one of us, it doesn't matter if you're man or woman, he's placing this promise on your finger. He places this engagement ring. And, and it's a, it's a promise of his love for you. It's a promise of his desire and his ten, intent for you. And it's a, a promise of his provision for you. The promises that he's placed on your life, he puts a promise on you. And that, that we aren't to be fearful of that. He's not called us to, to worry whether God's going to show up on our wedding day. Whether, whether the desires of our heart are going to be met. It is our portion to be excited. It is, our, it is our portion to plan our wedding day. This celebration of where he enters in for his bride. Where he enters in and, he, and delivers on the promise of his oneness. But, <laughs> Me and him, his promises met, his love met for us. Yeah, yeah and that provision is financial, but it's also, we've heard already tonight of physical healing, you know, that to enable people to do uh, what they're, they're made to do. And, uh, you know, every, every resource that you need, everything that you need to, to uh, do what God has made you to do uh, is in the promise. And heaven... It, it, it's there. Um, every provision's been made for you to do the things that are in your heart to do and that he's made you to do. And, uh, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for that. Yeah. Amen. We're going to draw things to a close there. Um, but thank you, Joel.